Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. One of the things that's constantly getting remarked on here in the studio is how loud I have my headphones turned up as I'm sitting here. Right. And I'm sure you've heard it too and you've thought about it because they they are significantly louder than everyone else. And it's it's because I'm hard of hearing. I think Captain's right up there with you. That would make sense, right? Because I wasn't born hard of hearing. However, I have gone to a lot of rock concerts in my life, and I have played a lot of rock concerts. That'll do it. Yes, it very much will. Through through most of my teenage and adult life, you know, my my practice amplifier, the one that I used to practice with just sitting at home, had four 12-inch speakers in it, which is a which is about twice the size of most amplifiers that people use when they actually go on, uh, go on a stage for a local show or a small gig or something like that. So these huge amplifiers that I would stand directly in front of, right, obviously did not do my hearing any favors. And, of course, I was one of those. Everyone's like, you should, you should really wear headphones when you're standing in front of these eight 12-inch speakers and this 120-watt amplifier that's just blasting sound directly into your head. Nah. Nah, I'll be fine. On top of that, of course, there was the fact that headphones existed. And I was never a big fan of the earbuds, the one that goes inside your ear, because one, they don't cancel out as much as the outside sound. And they're uncomfortable. I've never found a pair that was genuinely comfortable and i see people like mark using them mark edge who is on the show all the time a former i mean founder of the show as well i I don't understand how people use them and he says well you just have to find the right size that fits you and i'm like i've never i don't want to put that much effort into it when i can just throw on a pair of headphones that do exactly the same thing and that cancel the outside sounds and that don't feel like i have things plugged into my ears all of these things of course caused me to be a little bit hard of hearing. And I'm not alone in this. More than 1 billion young people could be at risk of hearing loss, according to a new study. From what? Well, like I get what you have hearing loss from, but I'm assuming most young people aren't playing guitar with giant amplifiers. Most young people are not doing that. However, they are using headphones and earbuds oh. more so than I was. Like, I only used earbuds yeah. and headphones when I was, like, on the school bus or whatever. And yeah. I wanted to listen to music and I didn't want to bother everyone around me. But when I'm sitting at home or something like that, I, I just... Most people would... Like, I have my Nintendo DS here. If they mm-hmm. wanted to play it during the break, which is what I've been doing, they would have headphones on and they would pl- throw their headphones on and listen to music. I just turned the sound off. Just receiving a text message or anything like that. And I've been guilty of this. And it only takes a fraction of a second. Like to just look down at your phone to see who texted you or to change the song. Anything can happen in that fraction of a second. Someone could run across the street and they're dead. That's how I totaled my car. Not a person. But I, I looked at my phone for just like... It felt like a second to turn Postmates on so I could start uh, like Uber Eats, but it's Postmates. And I just all of a sudden like hit this pole right off the side of the road because it's like I was turning. I knew I was turning, but I felt like I was turning hard enough. And I guess I just wasn't. And I went off the road and it seriously felt like a second. That's all it takes. Really. And I totaled my car because it, it like hit that pole and it broke my transmission or something that was like oh too gosh. expensive. And oh yeah. my God. It was it, ridiculous. I, I would be shocked if your eyes were off of the road for even a, a full second, right? This is why GPS can be so dangerous and yeah. why distracted driving is so dangerous. Just a fraction of a second is all it takes for a dog or something to run out in yeah. the road and then you're slamming on your brakes or you're swerving to avoid hitting it. And the, as a result, you run off the road or you hit a tree or you hit someone else. It's, it's dangerous out there. And that's why I don't understand these people who walk around the city of Kane, which is a highly walkable city. As yeah, and people these... just jump out in front of your car here. It's crazy. They're just like, they expect you to stop no matter what. And it's really yeah. dangerous and dumb. What really bothers me about, I, I don't mind it because I, I'm used to it at this point. I know that these idiots are just going to walk out into the street and that it's my responsibility to not kill them, even though... <laughs> 
evolution should, you know, we, we should get rid of the traffic laws and let yeah. evolution happen here. I'm sorry if you jump in the way of a 4,000 pound death machine traveling at 40 miles an hour. Yeah. I'm sorry. You deserve to die. Just just relying on, well, technically, according to something written down somewhere, they're supposed to stop for me. Like, I just don't, if I'm the one walking, I do not rely on them to know that or be looking at the road. Let's go to the phones. We have Major Payne on the line from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. I can see why you guys can't get rid of the trolls. They're hard to find. They're always hiding under the bridge. Yep, hiding what? underwater. These are pretty no, remember the, open. Remember the story of Billy Goat Gruff? No. Troll lived under the bridge. Oh, yeah, it's an old, very old children's book. I remember Billy that. Goat. Yeah, the troll under the bridge, and you had to give him, like, a quarter if you wanted to cross. Well, mm-hmm. like, I, yeah. I've heard that concept, <laughs> but I didn't know it was from a specific story. Yeah, didn't he, like, go get the big, his bigger brother or something? He yeah, headbutted yeah. the troll off or something? Yeah, there was three goats, and the first the little one comes across, and the troll pops up and says, Oh, I'm going to eat you. And the goat says, Oh, wait for my brother. He's much bigger than I. So the troll, being greedy, licks his chops and goes back under the bridge. Then the second goat comes trapping across. He does the same thing, and the goat tells him the same thing. Well, then comes the big brother with a nice set of horns, and he butts the troll right into the river. So, yeah. Well, that's one way to handle the trolls. I, I suppose when it comes to that, when it comes to that particular perspective, I, I'm the goat that keeps headbutting the trolls, but not in a way that kicks them off the bridge or anything like that. But well, I don't know. I, I, I did get one of them to quit the chat server. Uh, of course, he came back. He's obviously. back. He came, and he came back the same day. Well, his new account on Twitter is very nice now. Okay. He lives under. He lives under the bridge. You're just putting him back in his place. I suppose that's true. Maybe he he needed some time off and found God or something. What, in the five hours that he wasn't on there? (laughs) No, his Twitter hiatus was actually way longer. Like, he quit being on Twitter, like, not long after Arya got him to quit the Matrix. Then he came back to Twitter. I don't even know who this is. His name is Gay Treville. (laughs) So what's on your mind tonight, Major? Well, that guy from the FTX crypto exchange there that dumped all the shenanigans. Yeah, Bankman. Bankman, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, that's as good as Bernie Madoff. You can't make this (laughs) stuff up. I've actually seen headlines suggesting that this is the worst of these sorts of things that we've seen since Bernie Madoff. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember, but wasn't Bernie Madoff one of the pyramid scheme people? Yeah, he made off with people's money. He was the second largest donor to the Democratic Party. Well, he they got to. The party. And then he also contributed, I think, I don't know if it was $50 million or $50 billion that he put in. But uh, Fox News or Fox Radio, you know, television, whatever, they got 4 or $5 million or billion, maybe so they wouldn't get sued over, you know, uh, the FX rights. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but they did a full page expose on him shortly after that so he bought the media he bought the politicians he was a he's a dirty skunk he absolutely was i mean i don't know that he successfully bought them but this is this is what rich people do this is what corporations do this is what shady people do they give money to politicians and to political parties and to institutions hoping that when when the time comes they will get you some sort of perk or benefit from having done that. Like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You're that guy who donated $10 million to my campaign. Yeah, we, we won't regulate this industry for you. We'll, we'll do what you want. Clearly, that didn't work for this guy, though. Well, it did. He didn't get regulated. I mean, none of, none of what's happening to him is a result of anything the politicians did. It's a result of his own wrongdoings and his own silly decisions. And yeah, obviously, he got too audacious. He got too audacious for his own good. Well, I don't even know they got audacious. He just made a series of stupid decisions, and he did everything that he said unregulated corporations in the cryptocurrency world would do if they weren't regulated. And it's sort of the reason I think that he did all of this. He's a plant. Twitter blue is what they rolled the verification thing into. Oh, okay. I don't even know what that is. So previously, in order to get verified on Twitter, you had to be a person of note. You had to have a certain number of followers, and it wasn't clear how many followers this were. It was, but it was somewhere between 1,500 and more. So anyone who had 1,500 plus Which is followers, not a lot. It's not at all. You, you could easily get a blue check mark. I know libertarians yeah. who, like, they ran for office once, and now they have a blue check mark. And I'm like, well, I guess 
good for you if that's the sort of thing you care about. But it it, it was meant to prevent people from having their identity stole, quote, stolen yeah. on the Internet, where if someone wanted to take the Elon Musk profile, they could do that, but they wouldn't have the check mark. So you would know that it wasn't really Elon Musk. And that's that- the only way it makes sense. Like, I would never want one because it's like there aren't people online pretending to be me. If there was, maybe I could see the point of it, you know? Well, and that was the thing. They were worried about notable people having their identities misrepresented online, but what be, what they considered to be notable, the bar on that steadily got lower and lower to the point where if you had 1,500 followers, you could pretty much get one of these blue check marks. And it, it meant nothing for the last several years anyway. Which how- is, you know what's funny about that? I know fake profiles that have way more than 1,500 uh, followers. Sure. So that totally defeats the whole purpose of it. Wait, 1,500? Yes. That's so small. I, I was thinking you said 15,000 for some reason. Even 15,000 really isn't that much for somebody who's it's not, a celebrity. 1,500 you know? is like anyone can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyone can do that. that that's what I'm saying. Uh, there's a bunch of libertarians I know who have the blue check mark, and it's like they're not really notable or known and i mean if even among libertarians if you saw them at a festival you wouldn't know who they are because they're just not notable but that <laughs> but that's the way it works right that it that's the way all of these things work it began as this prestigious thing and everyone was like oh i want that and they talked their way into oh well i'm really popular in this weird little niche circle it may look like i only have 30 followers but really i'm very popular over here and all of these other people said twitter would be like okay here's your blue check mark until finally it meant absolutely nothing except to egotistical people like stephen king and don't get me wrong stephen king's got plenty of reasons to be egotistical the man can take anything he can write a story about a haunted pair of scissors if he wanted to and i say that because there's a pair of scissors sitting right here and it seems Oftentimes, like, that's what Stephen King does. He looks and he sees a random item and then he writes a book about it. And he's good at writing books. I'm not going to say that all of his books are good because some of them have been pretty terrible and some of them have been unnecessarily long. However, he is a notable figure, but he's upset at the possibility that he might have to pay for his blue check mark. I would be probably the most upset here if Twitter disappeared tomorrow. Not like actually upset. I'd just be like, dang, what do I do now? Because I really like Twitter. I hate Instagram. I don't like use Snapchat that much. I use it more to watch other people's stuff than to post. So I use Facebook probably more than any other social media platform. When I realize Facebook is even worse than Twitter and stuff like that. But when I use Facebook, I, I saw someone today trying to post a serious discussion about abortion, about the abortion arguments. I'm like, this is not what Facebook is for. Aria uses Facebook <laughs> correctly. Yes, and that's the only thing it's good for. It, it's crap posting, um, realistically. that That's all Facebook is good for. And that's all it's ever going to be good for. And I find joy in using it for that purpose. I find a lot. I find that Facebook Messenger is very useful. Having all yeah. of these people that I can chat with with just the press of a button and being able to just create group chats easily and quickly and drop out of group chats. I, I would suggest that it should be easier or group chats should automatically delete if nothing has been posted to them in you should be able to set some time limit when you create a group chat. If no one uses this in the next week or whatever, auto-delete the group chat because I have hundreds of group chats. So at my other job, we tend to create group chats for people who are closing or people who are going to this concert together or who are going to the bar together on this day or whatever. And it just makes things easier to coordinate. And then we never use it again or this employee leaves. So we stop using that one and we make a new one. If we could just have them auto-delete, that would be better. And Snapchat, we do sort of the same thing with it, except Snapchat has its own little benefits and flaws. Realistically, none of the social media out there are perfect. I find that social media doesn't have much of a role to play in my life anymore, though. Once upon a time, I loved it. And I I lived for, I didn't live for it, but I enjoyed immensely sharing my opinions with the world on social media. See, I... used to be like that with Instagram, like as far as posting pictures, like I was always like, oh, if we go there, I'll take a picture, you know, things like that. And now I don't care about that at all. Like, I don't know what changed. It's not like I did it on purpose. I just do not care about that at all. 
and I'm more interested in Twitter because I've I like having conversations more than just like posting pictures anymore. It's like I think Twitter's probably ironically I think Twitter's probably better for actual conversations than Facebook is even though Facebook has no character limit hmm. and Twitter does. And I I think they the two things may be related where yeah, yeah. cuz people post these giant tech walls of text like, on Facebook. Like last time I had one was 2020, but I remember like that's an old people thing. When I worked at a hotel in Utah, it was like the they weren't like old. They were like in their late 40s and early 50s. But the people I worked with, they were always like tagging me in them and like saying like, which one are you? Like, you know, like you should take the quiz, too. And they were like obsessed with that. And it <laughs> oh, was just like terrible. I would do it to be nice that if they ever like tagged me. But for the most part, I would just see them posting these over and over. And it's just like, I hope they know nobody reads that. Oh. At least the quizzes pretend or at least they <laughs> attempt to identify certain characters, like which Disney villain are you? And then yeah. ask you 15 questions or whatever. At least it attempts <laughs> to identify some characteristics and link them up with your answers. But some of the ones that people are doing now, like uh, they're just completely random. And it's it's sad knowing that they could just hit shuffle until they get the result they want. And then they share that like it's like it's something fascinating about themselves. It's just... It's crazy. And it's also like a huge waste of time. Like the quiz ones, they are like one question a page and the page is mostly random ads. So you could accidentally click the wrong thing. Yeah. You, you click next, it loads for a bit and then brings you the next page. It's yeah. just so well, bad. It's like... That's the, the point of them. The ads. Yep. You know, someone is making money off of like... 60 year old women like oh you know i'm what state should i move to they are making well i they are making money off of it and that's sort of the problem i as i understand it like if you own one of these sites like quizzer.com or whatever and you're serving these ads to people maybe one in every 1000 people accidentally clicks one of these ads yeah but it's an accident. They don't go on to buy it. And you, then you get money because this person clicked it. And, you know, I always wonder that if those ads are actually if they actually work, because none of the ads I've ever seen on like a YouTube video or on those quiz things, none of them I've actually seen. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm interested in that. Or, oh, yeah, I'm going to go buy that. In my opinion, they don't work. No, I don't and think so either. I could go to a website right now on my phone. I realized I was just complaining about this last night, but I could go to any website on my phone right now, any of them that serve ads, and it's going to serve me ads for bullionmax.com, which is a website that sells gold and silver and stuff like that. That you already know about and you already use. Yes, and that's exactly the problem. I've been to bullionmax.com. I'm a customer of bullionmax.com, and I never saw advertisements for them until I had gone there and made a purchase. That was the very first time I ever saw an ad for them. Now, a smart algorithm would be like, okay, this person's interested in gold and silver. Maybe they're also interested in cryptocurrency or platinum or diamonds or whatever, or some other thing that's an alternative store of value. But instead, they don't do that. They just, here's some more Bullion Max ads. And it's depressing because Bullion Max is paying these people to serve me these ads. And if if I click one of these buttons, Bullion Max pays them more. The advertisers are still fleeing Twitter, Twitter as I understand it, but people are still using it and they're they're using it more than ever because, you know, it's where things are happening it's interesting it's exciting there's stuff going on there and it's like someone else pointed out and this is not my words but someone else said that you know it's leaving twitter right now would be like leaving right before the hindenburg took off and that i think that's appropriate really yes i mean you don't leave right before the fireworks start right and that's how twitter feels right now it feels like it's Things are going downhill and it's going to be, it's like watching a train wreck. No one leaves. No one stops watching right before the train crashes. I guess for some reason I thought you meant that as in like, it's that, it's going to be that world changing because if the Hindenburg took off and did well, then it was going to like change the world of travel. What's it going to, what the, the Hindenburg had flown a number of times, hadn't it? Maybe not like if it did it that one time, but they, they, like said, like we can't have this. We can't have this for commercial purposes after the Hindenburg crashed, which makes me think that it was a false flag because like other industries wanted a piece of it, and they purposely, you know, it's it's like it's like SBF. They made it crash so that way they can be like, oh, we can't have this. Oh, FTX. Oh yeah, uh, I 
I keep calling SPF it. is the sunblock thing, right? No, SBF is oh. Sam Bakeman Fried, and they call him SBF, and then his thing is FTX. So Sam I keep Bakeman what? Fried, Freed, something like that. Oh, that's his name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I keep accidentally calling it that, but yeah. No worries. I, I just wanted to be on the same page. The Hindenburg was a was a fascinating thing to me because it was all of these people smoking on this blimp. It's like, <laughs> how did they not know that this flammable gas that they were smoking in this was a recipe for disaster and obviously you have to have some amount of oxygen for there to be a fire and explosion but you you had that oxygen too otherwise people wouldn't have been able to breathe this it was such a monumentally bad idea that i'm i'm amazed that it it ever happened because it seems like at some point someone said hey this seems like a bad idea. We shouldn't I'm not do this. But like today, we can't have our own like better designed Hindenburgs to fly from here to somewhere else and it wouldn't even hurt the environment or anything because of that. Like because people are like, oh, we can't have that. Remember how it fell and exploded? Like literally, well, I want my own little... the FCC. Little... Not the FCC. The, the FAA. Hmm. The Federal Aviation Administration. They're the reasons that we can't have... Uh, our own blimps. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't even have a drone that's too big. It would be so much easier. Like, I would never fly my own plane, but if blimps... Dude, I would. If Well, personally, I wouldn't, but if blimps were, like, commercially available, it was, like, people often bought them, you could get a reputable blimp. I would totally drive my own blimp because it's, like, slow and easy and really cool. Know. They could make them so pretty. I think there's probably a way that one could create an air vehicle that's no more complicated to fly and land and take off with than your average automobile. I mean, right. even like look at the evolution of cars, right? Now you don't even have to drive your car. I mean, it. some cars parallel park for you. There's cruise control. There's the lane. So if you swerve into the other lane, the car beeps and moves. And I know the car that Matt has actually turns around corners and stuff. So you, you pretty much barely even have to drive that car. Me personally... That makes me nervous. I like to be in control of the death machine that I'm operating, you know. Right, that's really scary to but me. But really, you don't need, I mean you don't even have to know how to parallel park. The car does it for you. It doesn't even I, I don't even know how it does it. Not to mention automatics versus stick shifts, right? Yeah. You don't even have to change the gears in no. your car anymore. It's beyond putting it in drive. I mean, to me, and like I love driving, so to me that's boring. I drive yes. a lot, so for me, just driving a manual, I'm like, you know, I'm going to fall asleep if I'm driving somewhere for like three hours. It's fun to have the the control over the vehicle and at least being able to shift gears and, you know, it makes it a little bit more interesting at least. I tend to agree. One of, one of my vehicles is a stick shift. That's a manual. The other one is an automatic. And th- they both have different perks and disadvantages. Yeah. But on the whole, if the... I, I would prefer that my Eclipse, which is the car I primarily drive, I would prefer that be a manual because it's just more fun to yeah. drive a manual. It's such a minor little tweak, but it, it is more fun. And and I will say also, driving around Keene and New Hampshire, driving a manual is fun, but driving in Boston in traffic, I mean, yeah. you're getting leg cramps. It's I can it's, see. Well, it's totally in different. In general, is yeah. a nightmare. But the stop and go is like, oh my gosh. Okay, let's shift all the way down to first, and here's another red light. It's it makes it substantially less fun. I will say that. And there's almost nothing worse than having to downshift into first because there's there's no good way to resume movement in no. first gear. It's gonna be jerky and it's gonna suck. But, you know, if there was, if people were free to innovate, I, I suspect all of these problems would exist in the aviation world. But we would also have solutions to it. We would be having a discussion about whether or not we prefer our our aircraft to be a stick shift or an automatic <laughs> or, or whatever. The, the possibilities are limitless and we will never know exactly what has been stolen from us because of regulations. Let's go to the phones. We have Creighton on the line from Kentucky. Creighton, you're on Free Talk Live. I wanted to ask the ladies of the show tonight, because you all are, well, some of you are fairly recent movers, about if you, what kind of resources would you suggest to me to do research for and before making an attempt to move? So the Free State Project actually has people who, like, kind of, 
their their job is to answer questions. And I know I'm the kind of like new mover representative for the Monadnock region. So I get emails all the time that um, like Chris Lopez, you know, she sends people my way where I can answer questions and um, and I get all sorts of questions like about jobs, driving in the snow, what kind of jackets to buy, what my favorite hiking trails are. And I'm always more than happy um, to answer those questions you know, via email. Um, so the Free State Project actually has some really great resources. And I'm sure they have like frequently asked question pages and they do have like little rundowns of each region. Um, in and a what- Facebook group. Yeah, they have Facebook groups, too. Um, there's also new mover parties, so we help people move in when they move here. So there's a bunch of different uh, resources that the FSP has that are really helpful for um, people who are considering the move. I suppose it depends on what sort of questions you're trying to have answered. Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to, like, do research about where, uh, how should I contact a free stater for renting a home, that kind of thing. Um, I think the Free Stater uh, Facebook group is probably going to be your best place yeah. for that sort of thing. And I don't have the link off the top of my head, but that's I, I see a lot of rental requests there. Or like, hey guys, yeah. I've got this property that's about to open up for rent. Hmm. A lot of Free Staters do own additional property. They do rent out rooms. It, it depends on what you're looking for. They do rent out rooms. Some of them rent out apartments. Some of them just have land and you can put an RV there. There are all sorts of possibilities like that about like how to connect with these people and how to identify them. I honestly don't know. Do either of you? No, because like the way I got up here was like I started dating someone. That's the easiest way. So it's like <laughs> I didn't go up here and like look for how. Yeah. So but you I didn't, honestly don't know. But I don't know that that's true. I mean, you didn't come straight to you know oh, well, here in Leverett Street. Obviously, if you want to send money to someone in, you know, Cambodia or whatever, there are ways to do that that, you know, aren't wire transfer money. Yeah, you could take a box full of cash with you and you could jump on an airplane and fly down there. But that raises so many problems. Not only They may just uh, take it at the airport. Yeah, not only do you have to worry about uh, some random person robbing you, but the, the government, the TSA, or is, you, you could get pulled over on the way to the airport. And I don't know... Because uh, I've never done it, but I suspect if you're carrying a box of twenty thousand dollars in in your passenger seat, the police are probably not going to let you yeah. just keep going. They're going to confiscate that money. If, cryptocurrency helps you avoid all of these problems. They they can't just seize it like they could if they pulled over pulled you over and they had tw- you had twenty thousand dollars. If they pull you over and you've got $20,000 in your crypto wallet. They can't even find it, first of all, if you know what you're doing, and they certainly can't take it. I'm just remembering a story of someone, I forget if it was a caller or if it was a story that we covered on the show, but someone was going to buy a house in a different state and they had the money in cash. They had like $20,000 or some large amount of money in cash and it got stolen by the police. And of course they never got that money back because they're like, oh, you're probably some sort of criminal or drug dealer. And the person's like, no, I just with, you know, I have the money in cash and I'm going to buy a house. Yeah, It's called civil asset forfeiture and it's technically legal, not moral, but legal. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. Bruce Fenton in New Hampshire, he tweeted this today. And um, there's a part I disagree with and a part I agree with, but I think it's a really important subject. He said, self-custody is not a magical solution. It's extremely hard for most people and not something they are comfortable with. And on the one hand, I'm like, 
like older people, people who aren't used to it, people who haven't spent a lot of time researching, it's going to seem confusing and it might seem hard. But I don't think that people should be like just putting out that it's hard because like once you learn, it's not hard anymore. Can you repeat his tweet again? Self-custody is not a magical solution. It's extremely hard for most people and not something they're comfortable with. Yeah, this is, that's an absolutely insane thing to say. Uh, self-custody is a complicated, it's a technical way of saying you have your own money. Right. It's your money. This idea that you having your own money is should be confusing or something you're uncomfortable with. Imagine how brainwashed in the banking industry you have to be for right. your entire life to come to the belief that i don't know that people should actually be able to have their own money yeah it's, i mean it sounds pretty simple to me i don't know why how that would be confusing or see he he's a bitcoin person first fenton i i don't think that he's saying he, that people shouldn't be allowed to he, he here's the rest of the tweet i know he, he's not saying that i mean he was the creator of Ravencoin, so he's hmm. certainly a cryptocurrency advocate but still i mean he's He's perpetrating their lies and the exactly. rumors. I don't care if the average person is uncomfortable with controlling their own money. I would expect a five-year-old to be uncomfortable if I say, here's a $100 bill. It's yours. You have to take control. You have to take ownership of it. If you lose it, you lose it. I would expect the five-year-old to be uncomfortable with that. But we're not talking about five-year-olds. We're talking about grown adults who should have the autonomy, the independence, the self-reliance to be able to hold a $100 bill and say, this is mine and I'm comfortable with that right like there are some some things you got to learn more than just holding a hundred dollar bill but it's like it's not impossible it's like if people are that dumb that that's like a hurdle then we're in a we're in a way worse place in society than we even shouldn't even be talking about cryptocurrency we need to like go back to the basics but let me finish the tweet he says personally i hate it self-custody i hate exchanges and centralized control even more the whole thing sucks Props. He hates self-custody? He said he hates it. The whole I love controlling my own money. Yeah. He said, the whole thing sucks. Props to the companies working on making this easier. I'm so confused by this tweet. I he- am too. So it's, you don't like exchanges and you don't like self-custody. So... What well, is so? Like is socialism where is everything it, is free? Yeah, I, I, he's I, about, I doubt that's what he's talking about. When when he says props to the companies working on making this easier, I don't know of any, but I'm assuming he means company. Well, maybe he means something like Edge that makes it easier than like having to figure okay, out how to yeah. get how to figure out how to get Exodus on your laptop or or hard storage is more complicated. I mean, just because you're using a crappy wallet doesn't mean that self-owner or self-custody is a bad thing, right? There's some wallets are better than others. Uh, Jax was one of the first crypto wallets I ever used. That's J-A-X-X. And I think it's pretty much dead now because it never even came around to supporting Bitcoin Cash. Wow. But it, it was a good user-friendly wallet at the time for what it did. A good programmer programmer reduces the amount of code in reduces the number of lines of code that they have in their program. And look, I'm just a script kitty at this. I'm 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 barely qualified to I'm not qualified to call myself a programmer. I know how to do some coding, but nothing to the extent that any of these people are. But I know that you don't want unnecessary lines of code. That's not how you. Uh, assess a good program versus a bad program based on how many lines of code it has. Oh, I see where you're getting at. Just like you don't judge a book based on how many pages it has. That doesn't mean it's a good book just because it's got the four, most pages. Yeah, 400 pages versus 300 pages. That's a great point. Yeah. And just because you've written a program that only takes 50 lines of code, which obviously is going to take significantly more than that to do something like Twitter, but... The goal is to reduce the amount of code, lines of code that's needed in order to make shit, make it function. The more lines of code you have, the more likely you are to have bugs. Well, maybe yeah. it's like, it's not just how much they wrote on one thing. Maybe it's like how much work they did in general. Like maybe there's multiple different things that they did code on. And it's like, he's adding it all up together. Not just like one thing. I don't know. Well, and I'm sure he's not the one specifically that's looking at this. And it's like, yep, these are the people that didn't do enough. Co- I'm sure he has delegated this task of assessing who is useful to somebody else. But if he did just go like, well, this person's written 
uh, 5,000 lines of code and this person's only written, you know, 2,000 lines of code, like that person's going to get fired, that wouldn't really make sense. It wouldn't. But, you know, Twitter and Elon Musk have a certain reputation at this point. So it wouldn't make any sense. But at the same time, I wouldn't be terribly surprised. Uh, This whole thing has shown me that Elon Musk, he may not be the brilliant businessman that many people seem to think he is. And I'm not surprised by that. I think he's kind of an idiot. He's a welfare whore. He's a very good welfare whore. He's he's a, a South African prince, basically, who grew up a, amongst apartheid and got his wealth that way. And then he came to the U.S. and he you know, basically sold out to the government from the very beginning. I don't know. I, I am kind of surprised. And I've been surprised by this whole Twitter thing. I was I, I don't know too much about Elon Musk. But from what I've seen, even though he is kind of a welfare whore, he did seem, at least with Tesla, to make good business decisions. He seems to have, you know, however the way he did it, he built up his company and is very, very successful. He seems to, he does seem like a very intelligent, good businessman. I don't know. I was very surprised when he bought Twitter because that just seems like such a dumb it seems like a waste of time. It seems like a bad financial and business decision. It seems like it's going to negatively affect Tesla. It just doesn't seem like a good idea overall. So I maybe he is an idiot. The government and all of these you know, global warming people want to act like internal combustion engines are you know, polluting the environment more than electric cars, which to me, from what I've seen... It's not really the case. Like, electric cars aren't this, you know, great invention that is going to save the world from global warming. Those lithium batteries, like, that that has to be mined. It's, they're being, the actual batteries in all of the car parts are being transported with gasoline. Yeah. With You know, it's, it's so, so it just, it's so contradictory. It's so hypocritical. To say nothing of the environmental destruction that comes from lithium mining and yeah. the child slavery and these other horrific things. Millennials and you know Zoomers stopped buying diamonds because they're all blood diamonds. That There's horrific violence surrounding them. There's yeah. slavery. There's theft. It's a horrifically immoral industry. And all of that same stuff surrounds lithium. Absolutely. Yeah, me and Nikki are both engaged and we both didn't get diamonds. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Most of oh, wait, the... I, I'm married. Sorry. You're married. That's right. Congrats. Yeah. Most of the people I know <laughs> under the age of like 40 don't have any interest in diamonds whatsoever yeah. because they're just blood diamonds and they know yeah. they're blood diamonds and they don't want to contribute to that industry. Plus there's just like, they just lied to people to say that they were like the prettiest. Like they're, they're not, not yeah. the prettiest. Like I just don't understand. They're not the prettiest... What's not the prettiest? Uh, gem, sorry. Or, well, and I mean, they're not even... an eye of the beholder. But it's just like, yeah, why, that's true. it was like, this one is way more expensive than this one that looks just like it, but red. It's well, like, my, my big issue with it was it's like, oh, you're supposed to do this. There's that to you, yeah. It's like, no, I'll do whatever I want. There's all sorts of problems. Well, I mean, that's marriage in general, right? Yeah. Right. However, diamonds, they do have this unique problem where they're just surrounded by blood and death yeah. and corruption and slavery and immoral things and so is lithium mining and you can't support uh, it's strange to me that people out there actually reject diamonds because they're they're blood diamonds but at the same time they support electric vehicles which use lithium which is every bit as bloody and immoral and economic and um, environmentally damaging as diamond mining ever was sarah you're on free talk live i was gonna mention that i did get sick about three days ago and uh okay. and i think sick i have what? no idea if it was well uh, whether it could have been the flu one of the or covid or i don't know the cold or sb they got what do they have going around i came down with something okay so you I got some sort of sick. sickness and by your own admission it could have been the flu it could have been a cold it could have been covid you and don't it was know three days ago are you better now that's the whole thing that I got rid of it in three days. That's what I was going to say. It sounds like better. a cold. Sounds like not so a big deal. The thing is that I I'm a firm um, believer in in flu shot. At least I got that <laughs> for this year. So weren't, weren't you saying that you came down with a flu really bad and it scared you? 
Well, I have one time. Uh, I have never on. gotten the flu before, and I have never gotten a flu shot. And it seems that people get the flu shot, get the flu, and so, then they're like, "Oh, it wasn't that bad because I got the flu shot." Meanwhile, people that don't get the flu shot usually don't get it at all. Right, so, I've never had a flu shot either, ever. And um, the one time I got sick really bad and it was like two weeks, but it was like a cold that lasted like two weeks, and people were saying maybe it was the flu, but I wasn't like throwing up or any of that other stuff. I don't think it was so, i think it's just me, like covid maybe to me if you have a strong immune system like that's what people should be focusing on like you know your microbiome eating healthy making sure your vitamin d levels and your iron levels are up there like making sure like eating well drinking tons of water exercising making sure you're healthy and your immune system is strong and that way right. you don't really get sick so when you get exposed to the flu to colds to anything your body is able to fight it off. And it even works with things like cancer. Because if your immune system can flag the cancer cells and take care of it, then it won't progress. But when your immune system is weakened, that's what, or when it slides past your body's immune system, that's when people get cancer and other diseases. Right. But the flu shot, I, I was told that it was going to be a really hard season, so I did get myself to get the flu shot and help. Anyway, and then one of the advice that I got was you want a mega dose on those key vitamins that you mentioned, vitamin mm-hmm. D and vitamin C, uh, and then selenium and zinc, those three minerals and vitamins. And I did exactly that. I had it on hand. So with my orange juice, I, three, I, I took three tablet, tablet, I mean, capsules of vitamin C with that. And then when I had another meal, I took three. Okay, uh, Sarah, I, I don't need to know about your medicine, your medical regimen. Um, I'm curious if you have all of these solutions to getting sick and they work. Why did you get the vaccine again? The flu shot? Because I mean, they do help. I sort of want to talk about the the missile launch, uh, the missiles that hit Poland yesterday. Didn't they officially decide it was Ukrainian missiles? Yes, and that's that's been the fascinating thing about this, right? Mm. NATO was up in arms. People on the internet were up in arms. They were like, you know, it's it's time. NATO has to declare war on Russia. We cannot allow Poland to be struck with missiles. Are you kidding? We have to act. And Surprise! Then it's like, then it's like, oh, it's... They were Ukrainian missiles. And then they totally changed their tune. And they're like, well, you know. No, but they're still saying that we need to go to war with Russia over it. They I said that they ultimately, did because ultimately it's Russia's fault. Yes. If you listen what? to the breaks here, uh, I heard one earlier. Some NATO general or someone was talking about how these, these missiles were fired by Ukraine, but it's still ultimately Russia's fault. Oh, that, I thought an American person said that. That's what well, I thought would be so crazy. I think crazy. the head of NATO is probably an American general. I mean, oh. NATO is America. I mean, they, they like to pretend it's not, but like NATO, 90% of the military power in NATO is the United States. And maybe another 6 to 7% is the United Kingdom or in Germany combined, and the rest of it's everyone else combined. But NATO is the United States for all intents and purposes. Without the United States, NATO's toothless. So but I don't know exactly who the person was who said it. I think he was someone in NATO. He may have been an American. I, I don't know. I don't really care. He's a warmonger. And those tend to be American, or they could have been in NATO. For all intents and purposes, I guess it's the same thing. I didn't but, know that it was American. I just... I didn't even, yeah. like, read something. I saw someone tweeting about it. Yeah, fair point. I don't know who it was. I'm just assuming he was a NATO guy. But regardless of who he was, that that's the argument they're making, is that even though this was actually Ukraine that fired the missiles, it was actually Russia's fault. And I, I mentioned this earlier on social media. It was one of my more serious posts on social media, <laughs> which means it lasted maybe three whole sentences, and it wasn't... It wasn't really worth discussing. It was just a throwaway remark about how yesterday everyone was all up in arms and ready to declare war on Russia because we can't allow our ally to be hit with missiles. But then it's Ukraine. And if you follow their reasoning, then the the NATO, NATO in the United States should today declare war on Ukraine, right? Mm. The yeah. Ukraine fired these missiles. Ukraine's not in NATO. 
And I had one person come out and say, yes, but see, the thing is, it was an accident if you oh my god, this. Accidentally no. killed innocent farmers. There, There is no accidental missile launches. Do I know that missiles hit Poland? No. No, the closest I've come to being able to independently verify any of this was Galina, who is a Ukrainian caller who occasionally calls into yeah. the show. She called last night, but... I don't want to just straight up ask, hey, hey, is there actually a war going on? Yeah, because it does sound kind of, yeah, it doesn't. (laughs) Plus, I feel like uh, she was uh, nervous about saying anything that possibly could sound pro-Putin. So she's in an awkward position because one time she she called a second time and said, I just want to read it and restate that I wasn't saying anything pro-Putin. And we're like, what? We never thought you said anything pro-Putin. So it's probably like. Her well, her life and, is probably yeah. in danger yeah. if she says, says something that's too... I mean, Zelensky did outlaw the opposition party. He did. He is a tyrant, and he is oppressing people in in uh, Ukraine. And if the stories are true, people who support Russia are being you know, caught and killed. However, I, I, I tend to believe that there really is a Ukraine, and there really is a Russia and Australia. A certain level of skepticism skepticism in regard to the media is warranted, but some is too far. But Like we were saying in one of the breaks, like uh, Nikki saw a thing that said the 8 billionth person was born. And I honestly, I literally don't believe that there's 8 million people. And it, well, it's not that I don't believe it. It's okay. I don't believe it. Um, sorry. I don't believe it, but that doesn't mean that if some if somebody showed me proof, I'd be like, "What?" Because I believe it's actually six million, not anything like that. Yeah, billion. No, and or I, billion. I know, and I, I agree with you on that. Right, like there's no way to know that, so I don't just like for no reason believe it. I'm not just or the reason being, oh, because they printed this. Yeah, because the Daily Mail, it was in the Daily Mail, so oh, yeah. it must be true. Right. Well, there's certainly no way that they can know that this person was the 8 billionth yeah. person born. I mean, it doesn't make sense where they, they were like sitting there waiting. They're like, oh, you know, 7 billion, whatever. You know? So many I mean, people somewhere on the earth die in the moment she's born. Like, there would just be no reason or no possible yeah. way. No, there's people dying every second, and there's pe- there's undocumented people being born in like mm. Cambodia yeah. and Laos. And- in America, the, people are sure. free birthing all the time. Russia's the only the one that started by invading the other country. But if you take, like, because it's all propaganda, I don't know what's true. But if you're looking at it from Russia's point of view, they would probably say that it's actually Ukraine's fault because Ukraine was doing this stuff that made them invade. That's a really good point. But you're not allowed to, I mean, you, you are allowed still to say that. But <laughs> we, we haven't gotten yet to a point in society where you're just not allowed to dispute these things. But no one's going to listen to you. No one's going to believe you. Or they'll call me like a. Putin propagandist for saying, I don't know what the truth is, but if you look at it from this perspective, this could be the truth. Yeah, they immediately discard that. Anything you say that's not pro-Ukraine, it just gets, they don't even hear it. And the reality is that Ukraine is full of Nazis. And I don't know what percentage of Nazis the Ukrainian army is, but it's more than zero. And they're open Nazis. Like I know there are Nazis in the U.S. military, too. Like, we all know that. But the Ukrainian military has people who are open Nazis. They had an entire battalion of Nazis. Called- it's so weird because there's so many Jews from Ukraine. Well, there were Jews from Germany, you know. There were, yeah, yeah, but, but like- I doubt there were too many Jews in the German army during World oh, War II. Oh, yeah, no, of course not. But, but I mean, I, I think the modern Nazis have evolved beyond just oh we have to kill all the jews mm. I, I don't think that's their talking point anymore they're they're more nationalist than anything else as far as mm. i can tell it's america first and foremost or uh, U- ukraine first and foremost so they don't have an issue with the ukrainian jews probably now, i don't know i'm not a nazi i don't i don't even want to attempt to understand how these people work but the not the Jews were only a an enemy for Nazi Germany and the propaganda of the of the Nazi German regime, right? They needed an enemy, and the Jews were the ones they picked for that. And it was a convenient enemy for them. But there's nothing inherent to Nazism that causes them to hate Jewish people. So I used to be involved in all of these Nazi groups. Uh, I was not. Hold on, let me rephrase that i was not involved with any of them i was a member of telegram chats 
that were run by Nazis. And this wasn't because I'm a Nazi or a white supremacist or even a racist. It was because I like knowing what my enemies are saying, first of all. And my presence, my mere presence in this group, in these groups, caused so many problems. People would quit when they found out that I was... That's awesome. If you go to my SoundCloud, um, just... Aria Domestic SoundCloud or whatever. There, there are actual excerpts where I, because rec- they used a lot of voice chats, and I would record their voice chats onto my computer and upload it online because some of it's just priceless. Yeah, it's like you can't make this stuff up. No, they're just freaking out because there's this trans person here, <sighs> and the rest of the Nazis aren't freaking out about it, and it's great. One of them was so upset. It was like, everyone, you're just asking that the language is not tolerable for FCC radio. So I obviously can't play this, but it's like, you're all talking to this, to this person who calls itself a shemale and you're <laughs> asking them questions like, this is normal. And what is going on? And have I gone crazy? Have you gone crazy? Who has gone crazy here? And it's just, several minutes of this and it was like look dude calm down aria is here because aria being here hurts chris cantwell who was their enemy because they're nazis so they're constantly turning against each other and it's just it's great to watch nazis turn against one another and that was why one of the primary reasons i think christopher cantwell should never have been thrown into prison for one it was the u.s government taking the side of a nazi against another nazi all the people out there celebrating Christopher Cantwell going to prison were Nazi sympathizers. And they had the audacity to accuse me of being a Nazi sympathizer. When no, the, quote, victim of Christopher Cantwell's was a Nazi. So if you're taking that person's side, you are sympathizing with a Nazi. <laughs> and you are, by definition, a Nazi sympathizer. I wasn't taking Christopher Cantwell's side in this. Or his alleged victim side. And I was saying, look, they're not hurting each other. There's no violence here. They're just destroying each other's image and destroying each other's careers. They're causing fragmentation in their own political movement. They're causing it conflict and they're causing it to be ineffective. Let them continue doing that. It's only helping us to have these two Nazis arguing with each other instead of working together. The FBI disagreed. They were like, no, we need to take one of these Nazis off the board. That way they can be more effective. The Nazis can be more effective because there's less division in their ranks now. Less competition. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.